and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Ghastly sound. Could it be? Our super-sized kaiju special. That's right. With help from other members of the Eastern Kicks team, Philip O'Connor. Hey, guys. And Ant Gates. Hello. Later on, we hear how Helen McCarthy got into Eastern Flicks. But before we begin, let's cover that most important question. Mm. What's everybody drinking? James? Uh, It's a tale of two whiskeys today, man. I've got some uh, Grant, which I'm... uh, Mixing with soda water and a lot of ice because it's what, 37 degrees. Uh, and then once I finish that, I have a bottle of a Cardew Gold Reserve, you know, for when the temperature doesn't matter so much anymore. So. <laughs> Yourself? So uh, I'm continuing to uh, support our unofficial sponsors, mm. or good old Howling Hops, Indeed. with a can of On the Couch. It's a Nipa. It's a nice can. Big Secret Chiro Mosaic Citra. 7.3%. 7.3%. So I think I definitely will Impressive. be on the couch very soon. <laughs> <laughs> How about you guys? And? Uh, I have got a rather trendy brew dog Ooh, from the supermarket. Dog, nice. Not so trendy, so it kind of cancels the hip out a little bit. <laughs> um, That's not a bad thing. Dead pain. It's just an IPA. It's quite nice. Very so cool. I'll finish very the first cool. one. I'm on my second one because you Excellent. were talking to Helen McCarthy. <laughs> 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 and Philip, how about you? Uh, I'm currently drinking water because I'm currently consuming <laughs> 40 milligrams of uh, antibiotics uh, every of day course. to get over a head cold. Uh, but don't well, worry. You could join us for this chat, though. Yeah. But don't worry. I've been listening to every single one of your drinks. As soon as I finish my, drink, <laughs> my, my medication, I will drink all of that in my body weight. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on to the main feature. With Arrow Video releasing their very comprehensive Gamera The Complete Collection on the 17th of August, we thought it might be a good time to chat about Gaiju, from Godzilla to Gamera, through to various other examples from Mothra and Rodan and so on. <laughs> Later on the programme, Stephen Palmer, another one of our Eastern Kicks team, will tell us a bit more about that original hero in a half shell himself. <laughs> but to kind of kick off, um, Philip, perhaps you can tell us a bit more about the origin of the Gaiju films. Hmm. Okay, so... Um... Kaiju as a genre is almost exclusively a Japanese creation. However, it does have its um, origins in Chinese mythology. It actually comes from a text from, I believe, the 4th century BC called Classic Monsters of Sea. So it's essentially uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them, but written by Chinese people, Hmm. you know, 2,000 (laughs) years ago. Um, Its origins could be ascribed to uh, characters like King Kong from the 1930s, but it actually kicked off in the 1950s in Japan with the release of the seminal film Godzilla in 1954. So, kaiju films essentially, uh, the Japanese word kaiju uh, means strange beast, which can describe anything from a supernatural to a modern monster. Um, It kind of got its origins from a Toho producer called Tomoyuki Tanaka who saw Willis O'Brien's King Kong and the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and decided he wanted to combine Mm. this kind of monster flick 
with a, a growing problem within Japanese culture, which was this nascent fear of atomic warfare. And so he decided to use um, an incident that had happened at a nuclear test site for a U.S. military um, experiment in which a Japanese sailing vessel was accidentally exposed to high levels of fallout. So the film Godzilla is essentially um, a monster film in which the Japanese public is uh, able to confront its nuclear atomic holocaust fears. From there, mm. the, f the genre took on a whole other life of its own by the help of a man called Eiji Tsuburaya, who was the special effects uh, guru at Toho Studios. He essentially was the man when they said, listen, we need to do a film in which somebody climbs into a monster suit and trashes a miniature version of Tokyo. Can you help? He would do so. So from there, the genre exploded into multiple different types of uh, media from comic books to TV shows. Subaraya was actually instrumental in this. He formed his own production company in the 1960s to do television versions of kaiju films. So it's where we get things like Ultraman, the Kamen Rider series, and later on, because of the way Japanese media crosses over into multiple genres, things like the Super Sentai series, so what Power Rangers was adapted from, comes from mm. kaiju films. Now, there are subdivisions of kaiju. So, kaiju just means strange beast, and it can be anything from uh, a dinosaur to, you know, a man in a suit uh, walking around in, like, an armor or something like that. Dai kaiju is the genre that Godzilla would fall into, which is great strange beast, which is any object over 20 meters tall. There's a subgenre of it. <laughs> There's a subgenre of, of kaiju under that called kaijin which is basically a human kaiju. So if you've ever seen an episode of Power Rangers before the monster of the week turns into a 90 meter tall creature when it's only the size of a man, then it's a kaijin. And then we have another subgenre within that called seijin, which are basically aliens from outer space. So you know in those <laughs> Godzilla films from the 70s when Japan was being contacted by these weird, strangely Asian looking aliens from beyond Pluto. That's a seijin <laughs> character. Um, from there... Uh, it's it's really strange how kaiju films have gone on to both inspire and have influenced other genres within that. So the most important one that I can think of of recent years would probably be the MonsterVerse, which Legendary and Warner Brothers have produced, in which King Kong, Godzilla, and a bunch of other Toho licensed characters are now roaming around in the same shared universe. There's also the Pacific Rim universe, which is a totally different genre, but it's kind of the same DNA in that you have large mechanical monsters hitting it off each other. But would you put stuff like Jurassic Park into that then? I mean, it's still like giant. I mean, I don't. Nah. Know, this is nah, so. Where, so where do you draw? I mean, this is this is probably a really big question. But they're tiny. They're tiny little where, dinosaurs. Yeah, but where, where do you draw the line though between like big, strange creatures then? And you know, where, where you know, is it the twenty meter cutoff or? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Mate, you're 19 and a half, nearly. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, just, just wait, wait, wait. Back up. Come back when you hit puberty. Scale, Bye. scale. You don't count, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably say that you can't really consider King Kong or Jurassic Park to be kaiju because essentially King Kong is a very large ape. Jurassic mm. Park have very large dinosaurs. Kaiju are kind of, they kind of look like real creatures, but they're more monstrous in nature so unfortunately okay, james 
Your dinosaurs don't make the count. Oh no no I'm not I'm not back in the day. Well I'm back in Sam Neill in those films. Mm. Sam Neill's yeah. always yeah. you know Sam yeah. Neill. But um, <laughs> no it's just it's just sort of interest like where the where these lines are drawn. It's interesting to hear these different kind of like subgenres of it, especially the sort of Power Rangers type link and stuff like that with the whole man in the suit. I, I you know I was checking out stuff before, but you had some of these early King Kong films in Japan as well, right? Which uh, obviously I haven't seen or anything. I, I I don't know if they're lost films or not. But um, yeah. there's actually there's actually a lost set of King Kong films from Japan. Yeah. Um, there's a 1938 two part silent piece called um, uh, I'm gonna butcher this. Ido ni arowara eta King Kongu, which is basically King Kong appears in Ido, which is okay. it, it's a comedy, and it was not authorized <laughs> um, by uh, by RKO. Um, there are two King Kong films um, that were officially licensed by RKO to Toho Studios. Um, mm. They're all right. They're okay. Mm -hmm. They're not great. Um, but the good thing about it is, is that you kind of see in the two films um, Toho's interpretation of an American character. And okay. for, the, for the inverse, you then have the Monsterverse films from recent past in which an American mm. studio, Legendary, is taking a Japanese character, Godzilla, and reinterpreting it for an American market. Or for a Chinese market, probably. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah. Pacific Rim was, you know, uh, saved by the Chinese box office in, in that case, so, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, Legendary, obviously, is, you know, pretty Chinese company, so. Yeah, at this stage... I don't know, that, that, that's a rabbit hole to go down, but you know, you know yeah, what I mean, that, though, yeah. Is that because most films are international these days, if your budget's big enough, it almost has to be to get the money back. Sure, is that, is I, that I fair? definitely... I, oh, I don't know. It's going to make it easier. Yeah. I mean, I mean j just in terms of, like, where the revenues go for distribution. Whereas, like, you know, you go back to the early Godzillas, and they were clearly for mm. Japanese market, and it took the Americans mm. to buy it, chop them up, and dub them and the rest of it, to sort of ship yeah, them yeah. over as foreign oddities, mm. which you wouldn't... They wouldn't be treated in the same way now, you know. You look no, at anime or something, I totally so. interesting. Yeah, so. absolutely agree. And, and yeah, with, with this MonsterVerse examples mm. uh, and everything for sure, they're clearly marketed at a global audience. I mean, vaguely international casts, not much, but a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting point. But I mean, these are still obviously you don't have a dude in the suit anymore uh, in those ones, whereas those films are still you know being made here and there, but. It's I don't know I'm just interested in what, what the, the you have the word kaijo which means you know we're talking about the strange creature but what the actual whether or not you would accept like a all CGI film as being kaijo film versus you know more practical effects stuff I don't know it's maybe it's splitting hairs kind of just it, out it's of interest it is interesting because we do have an example of as you said um, um, a kaiju film from recent past called um, Shin Godzilla which was um, mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to forget the. the it's the gentleman who directed uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. He directed yeah, a live-action right. film for Toho around the same time as the first live-action legendary uh, American film came out. And in that one, for whatever reason, um, Anno is one of these guys who he grew up watching Godzilla films, so he was very inspired by these films. But when he actually came to make Shin Godzilla, he realized he couldn't do the man in a rubber suit. So he, what he mm. did was he asked an actor to do a motion capture. So when you see Shin Godzilla on screen, there's, it's not a man in a rubber suit. It's a man wearing one of those uh, motion capture suits 
doing stuff in a green screen and then they layer on the monster on top. I love that idea that they're still carrying on the kind of human element. That. That's but crazy, the, man. The first one, it, the, in Shin Godzilla, the, that first mm. kind of Anguillus-looking one, that lizardy-looking one, looks like a man in a in a kind of on fourth, you know, on all fours suit, doesn't it? Before mm, it gets mm, big mm. and CG. So yeah, I just assumed bit. it was a, a guy in a suit. I had a bunch of drinks when I watched it, but I, I didn't. I didn't really. I had no idea it was like CGI'd up and everything in that respect, <laughs> or green, or, you know, or motion captured. But that's that's pretty interesting. That, that kind of dedication, still to the you know that side of the genre and everything. Especially like we're saying that like we have all these Western versions. I mean, we take Jurassic Park out. You know, um, all the other ones, whether it's MonsterVerse. I mean, it is just pure, pure CGI. I guess and everything and there's a very no matter how much they try to recreate that kind of feel I guess whether or not you like the sort of new Hollywood Godzillas and that and everything they have a very very different feel to those ones even if they have still have some of the the failings of them like the uninteresting human characters and stuff lack of musical numbers whatnot and everything but it, it's still like um, I don't know Ka Kaijo for me still means still that kind of specifically you know, man in a suit, Japanese type of film, mm. everything like that. I, I guess, like, so I, I find it harder to call some of these modern films that. Do, do we know if these films are considered kaiju in Japan? Because that's uh, an interesting question. You know, like the word anime that we mm. in Japan means animation, but over here we associate with, you know, you know what we call anime to differentiate it from American animation or whatever. Yeah. You know, we we use the word kaiju to mean Japanese monsters. I know mm -hmm. I do. So when I watch Pacific Rim and things like that. I'm going, oh yeah, it's like Evangelion and it's a little bit like the Kaiju sort of thing, so it kind of is yeah. a spiritual successor, but because it's American, that that's great, that's fine. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing worse than one country trying to, oh, here's America and we're just going to copy what the Japanese do, but they'll get it wrong because mm. they're not Japanese. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you have to kind of go with what you know and films are made by the people who have their own cultural existences and everything else. You know, if I make a film, it's going to be mean, it's going to be English because that's that's my upbringing. I can't yeah. pretend that I'm Japanese or I'm American, and that's mm -hmm. great because that brings kind of other other voices to to the table, I suppose. But yeah, sure, no, no I, yeah. I agree, no, absolutely. And that's an interesting question, which there's no you know, answer to, I guess, here or there. But I, I still think of kaiju as like the dude in the suit, you know, the kind yeah. of the Japanese stuff. And I don't know, maybe if you made a film in the states with a guy in a suit, it, it would seem more close to it. Where mm. You know, instead of seeing like a, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with it at all, but like a $200 million blockbuster CGI effect stuff, it just doesn't have the same feel, for better or worse. I mean, you know, it's what it is. Like The, the problem at the moment is that there aren't that many kaiju films being made in Japan because essentially mm. what happened was Toho um, have this thing with Godzilla where they will bring him in for a period of time and then they will deactivate the character because they will have run out of the law of diminishing returns. And the idea is they hibernate the character mm. for a certain amount of time and then they bring the character back. The problem is is that uh, the last kaiju film that Godzilla was in was, I believe, um, uh, Godzilla Final Wars, which is 2004. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the Kim Bosses. Oh, the guy the, the, versus... The, the, the Ryo Kitamura, the yeah. versus fella. No, I saw that again recently, actually. It was okay but it was too I long preferred it to sh I thought it was better yeah but Shin Godzilla was, was over two hours as well but Shin Godzilla has a pace that's like this because it's like 
people in a room, a bit like 12 Angry Men, where they're just arguing and... They take the trope from all the films where people sit around and go, yeah. how are we going to get rid of it? How are we going to stop this monster? I and like Schindler's it it because they did it with away. politics. <laughs> they did it with politics. They didn't do it through might. They did it through bureaucracy actually working and a politician yeah. sitting down and going, this is, this is the plan, let's do this plan, they do the plan, and it kind of works. Which yeah, is really of... interesting, I think, from a, if it, a giant yeah, if monster it was movie. Minutes. It wasn't technology, it was kind of planning. Really low-level civil service kind of stops Godzilla. <laughs> that's, it, that's the it, worst it, pitch I've heard for a casual movie uh, Absolutely, ever, but it was, <laughs> but it was a brilliant film. bureaucracy works. It was a brilliant <laughs> film, despite... Yeah. It kind of harkens back to, um, to a period in the 1980s from uh, Toho where... Um, they were reevaluating the the character of Godzilla, um, and they were trying to figure out the context by which he would be used. So up until that point, he'd been like the benevolent dictator in his first period, <laughs> which was the Showa era from 1954 to 75. And then from about that period, he started to become the Godzilla that you know probably know from two o'clock in the morning showings of the film which is he's a friend to everyone he's a friend to the environment Mm. he defends the earth from people but then by the 1980s Toho realized that that character had spent out and they decided to reboot the character into a more aggressive more original version of the character which is where in Shin Godzilla we have people sitting around in a room talking about (laughs) how we're going to solve the problem in the 1980s the characters in Toho's Godzilla films were doing the same thing only their ones were that kind of G.I. Joe uh, underground command center, everyone's sitting around <laughs> in a circle and they're talking under very harsh lighting. So it, I, I prefer the 80s version of that conversation. It's funnier. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, but, but even I mean, the, the 90s ones were quite dark, weren't they? Yeah, when because they kind the of brought it back in the 90s. Of... Everything seemed to happen at night. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think towards the end of, of Godzilla's run, um, in the 1990s, they kind of ran out of ideas of what to do with the character because the character had been originally created as a kind of a, a motif of nuclear destruction and then had morphed into an environmental protector and then they'd rebooted him again. But suddenly the problem was, was the Cold War was ending and the n- threat of nuclear proliferation had gone away. So Japanese audiences just kind of went with him as this kind of cultural character instead of reading any kind of sudden context behind him. We had reinventions of the character for things like Godzilla versus Biollante and uh, Ibra Horror of the Deep, which are, which are kind of conversations Fun. about uh, pollution and things like that, but mm. it doesn't have the same kind of cultural relevance that the first version of Godzilla might have had. It's true, but Biollante is probably the best monster. The giant. He, he was, <laughs> well, okay, no, yeah. Biollante is the one that best in my memory. Like he, he was actually really creepy and he was gigantic plant looking bastard. He he was the worst of them man. He was horrible. I I, he did I do have a soft small spot monster, for, like. I do have a soft spot for Biolante, but I prefer Space Godzilla, which is essentially Godzilla Space with Godzilla. giant crystals built yeah. into his back. Where <laughs> yeah. just random space yeah. some like mad Star Trek <laughs> Godzilla with bling. on his back. <laughs> exactly. Mm. I just felt a bit embarrassed when he saw. I think <laughs> I'm a bastard. big fan of the Mechagodzilla movies. I like when, Mech anyway. When did, when did he first appear like Mecha? Because there, there was a few of them. Like four, the first one. Was, was he another one that the aliens brought? Like, yeah, like. it was one of that first of the many films where aliens used a monster to try and take mm. over Earth or Tokyo, and Godzilla stopped them. <laughs> and it's it, it, it's you know it's it's Mechagodzilla. It's a Godzilla that is Mech, that is a robot version. 
Um, and it's it's brilliant because what when you run out of ideas, what do you do? You either have his twin brother or you have a Mac version. But but they they did it so well. Or a son. Oh God. They did yeah. it so well. Even you know in the sequels, and I know in the later ones you get a Mecha King Ghidorah, in the noughties ones I think when they have Mecha Godzilla again, and then you're starting to mech all of them up, and it's like yeah, this is great. There's that that I anime think, giant robot nerd in my head kind of goes this is good because I get to combine two genres that have a lot in common the giant robot stuff in Japan so I wonder how much giant robots have an influence on Keiju because they don't just have robots they have giant robots you know does it count if you have a human pilot then oh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yes Sorry, I, I suppose so I still call them robots even if they're but you know, what was the, what was the, what was his name uh, Jet Jaguar what was he then oh, that's it, in Megalon yeah He's no. definitely not Ultraman. He's definitely Jack Jack. No, no, no. He, no, he looks not, not look like Kennedy like Ultraman and do the same kind of, <laughs> you know, poses with the hands and the elbows and stuff. But, no, they, and the flying. They never even met each other. And, mate, and going big, because he was, like, Philip said, like, the, the human-sized one. That's right. And then, of course, but when he, he was small, big, was he a, so he was he a robot fly. when he was small then? I kind of... Was doesn't he, he have, like... like a, a, he was a he robot. Like a a moment where he kind of he has a glowing head, and then suddenly we have the yeah. frame by frame animation as he gets taller yeah. and taller yeah. and taller. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that man. <laughs> because he was was the, the scientist, and the scientist make him as a friend to the kid. Yeah, and because it, in that era, every Godzilla film had to have a pint sized nine year old child who yeah. was somehow able to communicate with the monster. Well, like uh, Mothra, like Mothra had the the singing twins, right? The, oh, every, yes. peanuts. Peanuts. I, I mean, I always had a lot of respect for Mothra, to be honest. Like, uh, but the singing twins. Like, I remember some of the later Mothra films and stuff. Like, you'd have the extended musical numbers, which Mothra, to be fair, I believe I'm right. It's a she, Mothra. She's Mothra. She, she's, she, she's she seemed to really mother, enjoy it. She? Yeah, she seemed to really enjoy the singing and stuff. Like, she'd flap the wings a lot and everything. So that was good. But very graceful. For me, a graceful kind of. <laughs> you know, mothering monster rather than that aggressive <laughs> smash everything type thing. Although obviously she does <laughs> smash stuff. but And she's got her larval yeah. stage, you know, her offspring, those yes. caterpillars that <clears throat> ejaculate, <laughs> shall we say, over... <laughs> so in many episodes. I, I saw him as a teenage boy. He couldn't help but make make the parallels going, hey, much I can relate to. It does sound. But, yeah. <laughs> um, we brought a CD dimension to Moth. <laughs> <laughs> When we think about kaiju movies, there's one name that towers above all, Godzilla. Whilst there were giant monster movies before Godzilla's 1954 debut, yes, I'm looking at you, King Kong, there was something about Ishiro Honda's film that struck a nerve in the Japanese and later worldwide consciousness. The original film spoke to a nation that less than a decade prior had suffered firsthand the effects of a nuclear war and the more contemporaneous Daigo Fukuyuru Maru incident, where a group of Japanese tuna fishermen were fatally contaminated by the fallout from the United States hydrogen bomb test at the Bikini Atoll, an incident literally reconstructed in the early scenes of Honda's masterpiece, would have been fresh in the minds of the Japanese audience. 
And whilst this capturing of the zeitgeist eventually faded into the background of the later films in the series, Godzilla continued to become part of the pop culture firmament. To this day, with around 36 films and counting, across the Toho and Hollywood feature film releases. So it isn't surprising that others tried to get onto this bandwagon. The Tsuburiya Productions Ultraman franchise should probably be given credit here, although it's more of a television phenomenon. Toho themselves introduced other characters, such as Mothra, but these were either one-offs or folded into the wider Godzilla franchise. It took 11 years, but Daei finally got their own franchise going with the release of 1965's Gamera, the giant monster. Like the first Godzilla film, it's shot in black and white, and tells a story of a giant monster, in this case a giant turtle, awoken from its aeons-long slumber by a nuclear incident that makes its way to Japan, causing destruction, and presumably death, on the way. So far, so rip-off, right? Well, yes and no. Gamera does have some very clear similarities to Godzilla, but the property scratches a slightly different itch. The fact the creature itself has roots both in a more contemporary creature, a turtle rather than an unspecified dinosaur-like monster, but also one can see similarities to the black tortoise, or gembu in Japanese, one of the four symbols of the Chinese constellations in East Asian mythology. Furthermore, there are similarities to the turtle like Kappa or Karataro of Japanese folklore. This roots Gamera not only in the modern nuclear age, but also back to a deeper sense of Japanese mythology. Conversely, Gamera has a touch of modernity that nothing in the Godzillaverse can touch. Gamera can withdraw its legs into his carapace and somehow propel himself by some kind of unexplained jet propulsion. Now, yes, yes, this is all kinds of ridiculous, and probably one of the two factors that makes some observers roll their eyes when considering the Gamera series of films. But what we have to remember, though, is that this is 1965, and it is the height of UFO mania, and the original films are touching on this phenomenon, giving some kind of explanation about flying discs in the sky. That second criticism is that, well, Gamera films are aimed at children. Now, I'm not entirely sure this is really a problem. Yes, the films do pander to a youthful audience, usually connecting uh, Gamera to a young child in some kind of pseudo-scientific, psychic manner, uh, leading to his being referred to the friend of all children in later movies. But to me, that's all part of the charm. Are you telling me that films such as Son of Godzilla don't have one eye on the impressionable youth? I'm not going to lie, though. The first seven films in the series, known as the Shower Period, are truly a case of diminishing returns. The budgets get lower, the plots get more stupid. The quality in the end is not great. The eighth film, 1980's Gamera Super Monster, is nothing more than a mashup of stock footage from not only the previous Gamera films, but also Space Battleship Yamato and Galaxy Express 999. It's the act of a studio in dire financial trouble. It's a cash-in. However, in 1995, Gamera got a reboot. Three films, Gamera, Garden of the Universe, Gamera 2, Attack of Legion, and Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris, were released over a four-year period, all directed by Shizuki Kaneko. To my mind, these are the three finest kaiju movies outside of the original Godzilla film. Obviously, special effects and the like are miles better than what went before, but the whole weight and heft of these films just seems more realistic, whilst remaining 
utterly ridiculous. The look and powers of Gamera do not change, but a wonderful backstory is created, picking up threads previously only barely touched upon in the previous films. Gamera is no longer an agent of change, forced on the natural order by those foolish humans and their nuclear age. But now he's a human-created biological weapon, crafted centuries ago by the long-lost Atlanteans. Just as Godzilla became some kind of superheroic protector of Japan, so does Gamera. But this is all part of the design, not some divine act of intelligent design. Gamera is the poster monster for the power and possibilities of the human race. In that one resetting of the origin story, suddenly the jet propulsion and the psychic connection starts to make some kind of sense. He's now truly the protector of all people, the guardian of the universe, not just a friend to all children. The final film outing, 2006's Gamera the Brave, it's, it's another reboot, resetting Gamera back to his child-friendly origins. It's fine, but not a patch on the previous three films. Gamera might not be as embedded in the pop culture consciousness as his kaiju senior, but that hasn't stopped him making his way into Western comics and Japanese manga, into episodes of South Park, of The Simpsons, of Dragon Ball Z, and into numerous video games. And whilst the back catalogue isn't as big as Godzilla's, I really urge you all to go and check out at least those three films from the mid-90s to experience some of the best that kaiju cinema is able to deliver. I don't know though. With all these films and everything, though, it's just it's interesting that there's across different. I mean, we're talking about from '54 through to present day still, and you know, both in Japan where we can say it's like a you know there's a cultural aspect, but to the West there's still enduring popularity. I mean, even if you you know even if it's just you can see Hollywood constantly trying to bring bring back a Godzilla thing or yeah. make another version yeah. or like you know even King Kong and everything. So the whole whether we call Kaiju strictly as man in suit or anything, it's still going on with its cult fandom, mainstream fandom, everything. It's such an enduring kind of thing. I think Godzilla's famous enough, it's got enough monetary value still that even those mm. who aren't, maybe like us, who say well, they're fans of Godzilla, know who Godzilla mm-hmm. is because it's the big Japanese monster that, you know, stomps yeah. Tokyo, even if you haven't seen it, you've heard of it. Mm. And Hollywood obviously yeah, yeah, want that IP, they want to have that familiar franchise thing don't they they don't mm, seem mm, to be big on their own ideas at the moment so much but if you've got something that's you know 60 years old that people still yeah. like then why not mm-hmm. kind of have it for your own films it's interesting like, how you, uh, we talk about the, the, the appeal of, of Godzilla specifically because he is the benchmark by which you hold all other kaiju films um, mm. up but you can show somebody either a still image of Godzilla or the roar that he makes, and they know exactly who and what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, which no, is an interesting yeah. paradigm. I mean, yeah. the, the only mm-hmm. other two kind of things I can figure out where people around the world would be able to recognize it would be if you showed somebody a picture of Clint Eastwood in the Man with No Name trilogy, <laughs> they know that trilogy, even if they've never seen Clint Eastwood in anything else. Or if you show them a picture of Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, they know it's Star Trek. They've never seen Star yeah. Trek, but they know that's Star Trek. I mean, it's an but, interesting mm-hmm. paradigm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, I mean, West, you know, with things like Dracula and the Frankenstein, although they're monsters, they're yeah. human monsters. But King Kong, I guess, you know, it still still holds up. And Alien, yeah, I'd say, is a more modern... Although it's but not King Kong Keiju. was incredible. He was he was really popular in Japan as well. So I was checking yeah. that before. You know when they did like mm. the his fight with Godzilla and whatever it was like sixty two whatever it was like it was actually King Kong versus Godzilla, not Godzilla versus King Kong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. That's I wonder. I wonder who factoid. maybe they settled that out of court. Who was going to be on the? Who's going to be on the well, poster? There, I, I read there was two versions of the film for different. You know as to which actually. Well, I looked. I looked this up because I've heard that there were different endings and I. Yeah, that's what I mean. I believe there was on the internet. They'll go, no, that's bollocks. There's one ending, <laughs> but <laughs> but America, there's odd different cuts because it ends with Godzilla disappearing under the water and King Kong going yeah. back to his island. So you can yeah, interpret it off. as they've gone fair dues. Okay. This is not a fight worth winning. Or if you're on fair Godzilla's enough. side, you can just say, yeah, he, he ran away scared. Or if you're on, <laughs> you know, King Kong's no, side, you can say he went back victorious, <laughs> but Godzilla hid. So uh, y- you can't have two giant franchises like that. You can't mm-hmm. have King Kong Godzilla and, and then have a winner, not with Japanese True. American politics being occupation of Japan and all that. And, you know, post, and with you know, war, King Kong being really popular in Japan at the time as well. So, so it's it, actually putting one putting down the other. But I, I will say that at the moment it, it's still every time I log on to the Amazon, it's always coming up as like top rated <laughs> yeah. films. And, and it's yeah, got yeah. this really weird, bizarre, like crappy, fucking shitty picture, like black and white blurred picture, which one I believe is probably been slugging it out. Find to Amazon a lot. So I wish I'd stop doing that. Have some sort of quality it's, control. It's you're going to put those it's on so there. It's so annoying. If you come back quite drunk, oh, outstanding King Kong Godzilla, put yeah. it on two minutes there. Is this my eyes? Is the room spinning? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a shitty VHS rep, man. But this, this is why it's man. maybe taken so long for us to appreciate how good Godzilla is. Because yep. when they were originally shipped over, they were mm. badly dubbed. They lost the um, the score, which was amazing. Mm. Like it was which is very score that's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. That march and that's all that, iconic, man. and yeah. even the performances. Yeah. I know the later ones, the actors are a little bit hammy, but they're still you know in the original film. They good, mm-hmm. good performances going on there. Yeah, you know? I mean, Godzilla, absolutely. I mean, Godzilla is, uh, and you're right. Like it took quite a while for. It the first Godzilla at least to be recognised as like a serious screening at the BFI type film. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it was a good 50th anniversary, wasn't it? Because I saw it at cinema down in Brighton. That's right. And, you know, yeah. I'd seen it on telly, you know, subtitled. And it was you know, magnificent to see it properly, subtitled, big screen. And obviously yeah. I grew up with all the with all the badly dubbed ones on BBC Two in the afternoons, <laughs> you know, after the news. Channel 4. Well, wonderful, yeah. you know, uh, still have a fondness for now, but... The, the strange thing about it um, is is that uh, in the first couple of uh, Godzilla films, um, Toho kind of, they they basically licensed the film for American distribution and they didn't so much care what happened to the films, which is why we have the amazing mm. uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters with Raymond Burr intoning Burr, yes. drastically and dramatically what Godzilla <laughs> was doing off screen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I, I had not seen the full... Uh, Raymond Burr version until I bought the old Criterion original release on Blu-ray which contains both mm. the 54 original and the 55 remake with Raymond Burr yeah. and I kind of sat there going I can't quite dismiss it because <laughs> the film is essentially Godzilla from 54 <laughs> except Raymond Burr keeps cutting back saying now he's hitting a building and now people are dying and I'm like okay that's 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 a thing that's a thing but, I can see um, that because he's knocking down the building thanks Raymond yeah. you know like, why do you need Raymond why do you need Raymond Bohr to tell you that because Raymond Bohr has to be there 
Um, the, the reason why I bring up the first two films um, is because those so, dogs could I are... interrupt you really quickly? You know, the funniest thing about the Raymond Bird, you know, he, his character name in the film. Oh, it's Steve uh, Martin. It's Steve Martin. It's yeah. Steve Martin, right? So <laughs> just just picture that. So, and I know when they did Godzilla '85, they brought Raymond Burr's character back, and they made a, a big mm. deal of of not going. Don't ever call him Steve Martin, because you've got images of the jerk and and you know Steve Martin's <laughs> kind of really good stuff. So they called him Mr. Martin or Steve in the film. So and I just this makes point this bit of trivia. Sorry to interrupt, but that makes me smile um, every time I think about it. Steve Martin saving the day. I, I love the um the I got to see the eighty five remake with um Raymond Bohr and again it's just like but why, you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. why does it exist? But the thing about it is is that after the first two films, Toho kind of realized what they had on their hands because at this point he'd now morphed into a massive multimedia franchise and Toho began mm. to have an iron grip on those films. So when they would release the film to international distributors, they would insist on dubbing all their films themselves. So if it went to Italy, they would hire the Italian actors and they'd get somebody local to uh, produce it. In America, same thing. It would be dubbed into hmm. English. Those dubs that we hear and we are all we, we all have, kind of have stories of being up late at night and either being hmm. a you know, teenager or sometime in our 20s being slightly drunk or on some other influencer... Hmm. And watching Godzilla films and these terrible, horrible dubs, those are all approved by Toho. So everything you hear <laughs> is all approved by Toho. Wow. Fair enough. I, didn't, I wouldn't have I just try, that, try and no, imagine no. the other way. Try and imagine taking a really good American movie, like take Alien, for example, and then swap out John Hurt and stick a Japanese guy in. So just when he's having his chest-bursting sort of stuff and he's doing his, his do whatever, or, you know, put... John, put Ian home, take Ian home out and stick uh, Toshio Mifune in, brilliant actor, and then see what would happen. You'd just go, <laughs> what? Why are you doing that? What was wrong with what? Just I'd still pay, I'd pay to see that. That'd be, that would be hilarious. It seems to be an Asian thing, no matter whatever, you, whenever we have conversation about Asian movies, the inevitability yeah. of we saw them first as sort of an American distributor pick them up and then change them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you sort of question, well, the film was perfectly okay. If it was a crap film, You've made it better. Fantastic. Brilliant. Go for life. But, uh, but no, but take a really good film. In the 70s, film. we also had the animated series as well, didn't we? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, and yes. Godzuki. 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 Oh, they, they scrappy dude. Godzilla. Oh, Godzuki, yeah, Can you remember any uh, of the storylines for those? Because I can't remember I one just, single storyline, and I watched it no. remember religiously as a kid. I, I can only remember the theme tune. What did they do to our heads to Something would happen... And then Godzilla would come up and whistle for his dad, and Godzilla would appear and save the day. And I'm damned if I can remember anything that happened. Were there other monsters that were fighting, or was it corporate villains? Pirates, maybe. I I, I I vaguely, 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 so there was the guys on the boats, and they're all kind of. I remember the boat, yeah. Yeah, and there was. I remember that. I remember that boat, (laughs) and those characters had a distinctly. Jacques Cousteau uh, vibe to everything. They, <laughs> mm. They're all wearing 70s jumpsuits and, you know, everyone's That's sensible. Right. <laughs> Scooby-Doo on the boat. It's very life aquatic. Yeah. 
I'm actually I'm actually on the Wikipedia article for the the TV series, and I'm, I'll just read you one description. It's a one line description. Um, while investigating an Egyptian pyramid, the team comes under attack from stone creatures able to breathe ice blasts and build and built to guard the pyramid. Godzilla must destroy them before they wipe out the team. And that's why I don't remember any of the storylines. If you're in Pyramids of Egypt, I mean, Ice Breath is going to cool down the Pharaoh. I I also want to point out that that seems to be um, an excessive amount of force used on what essentially is a stone creature about the size of a man. And you're talking about an 80 meter tall (laughs) nuclear powered lizard breath creature. I mean, it seems excessive. I guess. I mean, he must be quite confused as well, trekking across the desert to get to the damn pyramids and that and everything. Man, you know, I think he's just doing some sightseeing. <laughs> no fucking hell. But it's, I, but the same. I mean, I, I we kind of grew up with this kind of, I guess, mixed vision of them. Like mm. whether it's the you know these whacked out cartoons or the the badly dubbed stuff or you know some of the video games and whatnot and everything that in the early days. And then it was a long time before I actually thought. You know, I saw the subtitle version of Godzilla like a long time after. Yeah, with yeah. The, like you say, with the proper soundtrack and everything, and yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of a huge shock and everything when you see it. But at the same time, like even if you look back, uh, not just at Godzilla, but whether we're talking about uh, Mothra or some of the others, there, there's such a variation between like serious, bizarre, like disco dancing, suddenly serious again, and budget levels like. Maybe it comes down to what you're saying about hibernating the characters once in a while, or and but, it goes through some sort of a curve of up and down and stuff. But well, Godzilla's one of his main things is kind of the birth and transformation again. So he's constantly mm. regenerating himself. Because often Godzilla, you have to remember that it's not the same Godzilla. The first Godzilla, it's, it gets killed, it gets oxygenated, and then the next film, it's a different Godzilla. So it's not the same consistent Godzilla. It is in some of them. Mind, bl- mind blowing. He gets killed. I never thought back. of it that way, yeah. man. I just, I just thought it was this was shoddy film continuity, like you know. It's but it's the way you reinvent characters, isn't it? Like, as you would superhero movies or Star Wars movies, you take the same thing, you take the character, and because yeah. the character isn't an actor, although it might have been the same stuntman that was in Godzilla for a lot of the early ones, it's mm. not, it, it's not an actor. So therefore, like, um, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man mm. isn't Robbie Downey Jr. He's fucking Iron Man. So it doesn't matter whatever tip you get to play the Iron Man, he's still Iron Man. So Godzilla can be his great movie material because he'll always be Godzilla. So you can make him friend to the children and then you can make him a monster again and then you can make him a protector and then you can do all this sort of stuff. So you can... His, but he's his, still like on brand... He's still like on brand... He's still Godzilla. Godzilla. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what but you mean, he's, he's still Godzilla, Godzilla, but it's not he's like a nice specific... He's, yeah, different context. And he, obviously Multiverse they make Godzilla. suits, they make new suits for each film, so that's a chance to slightly redesign the look Mm-mm-mm. for logistics and for the tone of the film. He looks a lot more evil in uh, the the kind of 60s ones than he does when he gets to the 70s ones, the Mechagodzilla and versus Gigan, where he's a lot, his face a lot more friendly. He gets the, <laughs> you know, he gets the most kindest eyes he'll ever get in the franchise in the 70s. Um, in in son, son of Godzilla. That's when he, when he becomes oh, a dad. Son of oh, yeah. I love that one. That's when he, he settles become, down and begins to accept his responsibility. Teaches how, little, how, how, little Manila I mean, how, how, how fire did, bubbles. I must have seen I missed that part. Like, how, mm. What happened to Mrs. Godzilla? Who, I don't want to know. Yeah. Don't was know. it ever addressed like her? Or it's was never it ever Kong? addressed. 
it's never. I, well, addressed. I don't think it's maybe he's not his legitimate offspring, but there's another egg, so maybe this. Wherever so he's this like one of these Godzilla nest is. salamander creatures who self self asexualize. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's there. There was something whack about that in a couple of the films. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I the think later if, ones. if if your barrier to enjoying Son of Godzilla is the where's where's Mummy Godzilla. You know, <laughs> no. That's the, to be fair, you're right. That's the, the thing. As much as I pick holes, as much as I love picking holes in Godzilla, it's kind of you're never gonna, you, you're just gonna keep digging, aren't you? And just go. Let's just not bother with the whole fantasy thing. Let's just look out the window for the whole. I just watch my street right, that, because that's as socially that's, realistic that's the, as it gets. You know, you're right. That's, you know, the, but, that's the time to but, pour another <laughs> drink or just spark another one up. But I don't Otherwise, know. Was, yeah. Not too no, much point. I, I just wanted to cut across and just say that. Um, after uh, I think fourteen films in the series, uh, Toho kind of realized that they created like the world's worst shared universe, and um, because now they had so many monsters and so many characters that they decided in '84 uh, to do the Return of Godzilla. And the producer of the series understood that he couldn't simply reference the previous film, which was 1975's Terror of Mechagodzilla. So he said to mm. everyone, "This is what's going to happen." This film is going to be directly related to the very first film from 1954. As far as I am concerned, okay. none of the other 14 films ever happened. Mm. So, with that, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? it? That sounds really familiar <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you talk superheroes and you talk all that sort of stuff. That's exactly the same, that sort of reboot <laughs> mentality that you ignore the other ones and you start again. Because Godzilla's infinitely regenerates and can be... You know the whole. I'm not not much for religion, but the Buddhist sense of reincarnation seems to fit. Seems to fit Godzilla never, quite well. I never, I never thought. Of, I just thought it was Godzilla, but, man. I just thought yeah. like they thought he was dead, but he was sleeping. Oh no! I, I didn't think he died, and then <laughs> oh, he no. like. I, I don't know. Something happened, and he came back. I'm not disagreeing. It's just like yeah. wow. Okay. He just luckily enough just came back as another Godzilla. That's the base. Endless variety of Godzillas, man. <laughs> All of them like uh, different characteristics of anger or environmental protection. <laughs> Would he be vegan? That's the question now. That's because, also another question that I, I never did uh, ever get answered. What does Godzilla eat? Mm, we never see him eating ever. But I thought mm. later he'd like absorb nuclear powers and energies and that and everything. Mm. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. But then, like you say, we're talking yeah, about so many different. Me, so. Was this Godzilla like Frank Godzilla or Ted Godzilla or <laughs> Jonathan Godzilla or Godzilla? So many different. Like, was it? Was this? Which one was this? Like, where did he come from? Who was his parents? But I love that. I, know, I love that insanity. That and I really like the fact that often they reuse stock footage. So when you oh, watch okay. Godzilla versus Gigan and you see the fights. And then you watch yeah. Godzilla versus Megalon. It's the same fights. <laughs> it's the same. Like, hang on. Yeah, I know you've cut different bits in. You've got another monster. But Gigan fighting Godzilla, it's the same because yeah. he pops up to help Megalon. They've just yeah. reused. They've taken a five, ten minute chunk <laughs> and they've stuck it in. And I mean, you know, kudos to them for doing it. And I kind not, of admire that, yeah. that idea. But I just wonder if you wouldn't get away with that now. You wouldn't just kind of watch a new Bond movie and go hang on hang on that's the bit from You Only Live Twice and, and there's the scene from The Man with the Golden Gun I'm not buying this you know it's really but, interesting but because in the 1970s Godzilla had become so popular in Japan they used to have week long festivals every year where they would run Godzilla films for kids so 
Mm. Kids are the, wor- the the best audience members in the world. They will spot a problem straight away. So for them, <laughs> they just sat through 15 films of stock footage being reused yeah. constantly, and they just went, it's fine, it's grand. Fine. But it's Godzilla, so like, yeah, bring it on. You know? If that's how you, if that's how you knocked them out on a budget, fair enough, you know? But like, uh, as a side question, so, uh, you know, we have Godzilla, so obviously the number one of them, but I mean... Who's the number two? I mean, which which other ones have actually been popular enough to generate at least a few films, rather than just like appearing in other Godzilla films, mm. for example? Because um, you know, I I know a list of them Moth- in my head. Mothra had some nineties movies when they were doing the nineties yeah. stuff. The, like, the rebirth had, of Mothra had a another one that was okay, but just wasn't as good without Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, and I I agree. It's probably and that's probably the the problem when you put some of these other monsters in their own films. Like what's what's the plot like kind of compared to when they actually have a one-off original 50s or 60s one but or it, they're with godzilla it's it's an interesting point that james makes because as far as i know rodan who's like kind of he's in in, in kind of fandom circles he's kind of portrayed as the dick younger brother of <laughs> godzilla who constantly goes around trashing stuff and, and and never apologizes for it he only has one film in his yeah, actual yeah, yeah. franchise Every other appearance of Rodan has been in somebody else's film. So he only has that one movie, and in that one movie, he just trashes everything. So Yeah, he, he just calls it. Was that, do you think well. that was he, the plan? He's... They just did it, and then the ones that were popular, they stuck in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I'd be, I'd be interested to know that, because we, we still have, like even if we look at like the MonsterVerse mm. Godzilla films, we have all these other monsters which are considered like iconic and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a good like, 30 Mothra monsters, isn't there? Well, how many plus. of them actually have their other... It's basically the whole thing just revolving around Godzilla. I don't think they do, unless I'm, you know, I'm when sure you, there's when, some when, some fan comics and fan fiction out there for, you know, King Ghidorah's kind of home life. But <laughs> I, I I would read that. I mean, his home life. He yeah. comes home. He's quite tired. He's taking another whipping off Godzilla. Yeah. Despite his best schemes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Despite his wife three is, heads clearly. His wife is like, yeah, that's bigger. nice. Now make the dinner. You know, like go take care of your little three-headed children. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's a bad <laughs> life for King Ghidorah. <laughs> but no, I, I just no, just out of interest because it it does kind of seem like that. Certainly for the Japanese kaiju ones, like it, it it mostly revolves around Godzilla, and you have a few ones with shoot-off films and everything, or a few rival studios. But it, it seems to still be like the crossover films, you know, the monster battle films, which obviously seem to become a lot more popular from like. Yeah, I think one of the things that I love about Godzilla that I think makes them unique is the fact that the monsters fight each other. And and I've been thinking about it a bit and going, uh, you know, it's like when I first watched it, it was like watching a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, well, of course, well, because Japan's big on wrestling, so it makes sense Mm. that and sumo, you know, to to bring in fighting monsters, and you don't really see that in Western movies. You just don't, you know, Godzilla the first one. Yes, it's just him. And the second one, you know, they bring in Angelus to kind of have a foe. But that Angelus, was a stroke yeah, of genius yeah, yeah, yeah. to go, it's not Godzilla again, there's another monster, and they're both going to fight each other, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what these big, crazy, angry monsters do with animals. They fight each other. And then that developed, didn't it, into sort of Godzilla going, okay, they then need to bring Mothra in to stop Godzilla trashing. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. And then Godzilla becomes the good guy. So like the wrestlers, they have good guys, bad guys... But it's the tag team stuff. And when you get to a monster's yes. attack, when you've got like yeah, 11 yeah. monsters, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's brilliant. It's like watching the, the tag team, tag team wrestling. And you just oh, don't yeah, get yeah. that with the West movies. I, I, I really I struggle yeah, to is. think of an equivalent. 
And I was I going, still like that? to think of them being friends with each other or something. With the tag well, team, some of them like, are, so you can they? imagine they're, they're Godzilla pals. Godzilla and right? Anguillus are, are best buddies. Exactly. They, they put their differences aside. They went for a very large, large beer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, compla- they just complained about their the lack of relative. Godzilla's like, oh, you should see my son. He's such, he's such a waster. And Angelus is like, mate, I can't even get a wife. You know, yeah. It's just very depressing chats and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they, they, they do chat, don't they? Oh, which is the one they have. They chat in. I think it's all Monsters Attack and they have a little conversation and they have cartoon <laughs> bubbles. Just briefly. Just, you know, when they're really upping the comedy and the, the, the just a, children's a quick fist bump between approach. them and everything. <laughs> all I will say is, all I will say is, it was the 70s and that's what they did. That's, yeah, that's, it was the 70s, man. That's all you have to say. Um, James uh, was just saying there about like the other characters. Um, I actually, I have not seen these films. It's one of those few kaiju films that I've never actually seen, but I've seen stills of this thing. So there is a, a series of kaiju films called uh, Daimajin in Japan. They were made in the 1960s. Uh, Ant knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, essentially, I've seen those. So essentially, what happened was a studio called Daie Films made three films in one year all about the same kaiju, which is a ginormous statue which is the living embodiment of a god, and essentially the film oh, boils down to, yeah, did you yeah, pray yeah. to Daimajin? You don't have to yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember watching them, and they were really interesting, because they, they, they all basically set, there was a, they were set kind of period Japan, which was interesting, so they weren't contemporary. Yeah. They oh, were sort okay. of 1800s or 18th century, and mm. there was a lot of persecution of Christians. So Daimajin mm. seemed to, if I remember it right, would often would save a couple of the people that were being persecuted. Um, and he was basically mm. like a golem. So, you know, you've got the kind of golem legend uh, okay. in the kind of like Jewish culture. Bar, it's kind of that sort of legend. But I'm trying to giant stone thing. They were really good, I remember. They, I think one of them was directed by Kinji Mizumi, you know, did Lone Wolf and Cub and Lady Snowblood and stuff. Yeah. I think he'd one of those. So there was a couple of, they were slightly gorier than Godzilla movies. I mean, you know, not mm. they're not gore fests, but they're, they're not. They were a little bit more bloodthirsty, I seem to remember. You see a bit of chomping. Yeah, I think well, maybe Arrow can, or Criterion can get stick those out. There's only three films, so um, they're good on one I, disc. I, in I, I did look up, because I, I vaguely remember this from, from years ago, I did look up Mill Creek Entertainment in the United States released those films as a, as a three-disc uh, Blu-ray set, and that set now is Mill on Creek. Amazon for about $350. Ah, I had them on DVD years and years and years ago, and obviously... You, you clear things out, don't you, when you've watched stuff? You know. Don't put, you know, financial, financial kind of... Well, they're probably on the YouTube on somewhere or one of these... Yeah. Uh, I think they're easy to websites. get. But I, I would, when we were looking at the the plan, I was going, oh, think about other Japanese kaiju movies. And I'm like, you know what? I struggle, apart from Gamera, obviously, which is why we're yeah. having this conversation in the first place, and the Daimajin that I remembered, I, I really struggled. In, in yes, there War was of the Gargantuas? Did you, see, did you see the War of the Gargantuas? That one, like two giant, like uh, that uh, dinosaur one. They're like prehistoric men. Yeah, they, they're oh, big. Okay. And the I, reason, I don't know where they come under the twenty meter rule. Like, to and, be and, and, <laughs> and the reason for that is is because they, uh, Toho wanted to make uh, Godzilla versus Frankenstein, and it didn't work out, yeah, so they made yeah, yeah. War of the Gargantuas. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's those films are amazing. I, I remember that. I remember that one from when I was a kid. The War of the Gargantuas. I mean, I, I saw like a hideously, but amusingly dubbed version when I was you know, knee high to a grasshopper. Like, but I, I, I think I read somewhere, and I don't know whether I might have got this wrong because I've tended to do that. 
um, about <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla, and and uh, the producer of King Kong wanted wanted to make another sequel, and he went to Toho, and originally his idea was to do a Godzilla versus a King Kong versus Frankenstein. So the mm. idea of there being King, you know, King Kong, and Frankenstein would be a giant monster made out of other African animals. So I'm guessing like giraffe necks and elephants and lions. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and I saw, as soon as I read that, stuff. I went, I could see it and I went, that's bananas. Why has uh, nobody made that? That's insane. But that's for some right. reason couldn't get the money in America. So I think yeah. disappeared off to so-and-so, to, to, to Toho. And they went, yeah, we like that. How about King Kong or something? And they went, mm, oh, okay. okay. Or, or it was something like Mechagodzilla. It was, I can't remember which one it is now. It was going to bug me, but it was a, sort of a nice <laughs> little story where that, East West, that King Kong Godzilla loop sort of came full circle, which was quite nice. So, King Kong, and it, Godzilla. Of it was a Frankenstein conquers the world. Oh, that, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. cla- I mean, that's the, or yeah. Frankenstein versus the spaceman, and everything like that. There were some <laughs> classic films like and he got now, about, didn't he? Maximum to Man, there were some there were some great 50s films where Frankenstein was like nothing about Frankenstein. <laughs> you know? It was just just the name you throw on some poor some bitch you look stitchy. Yeah. <laughs> but what about like uh, what about like non-Japanese or from back from the period ones like from other why I mean why aren't other countries in Asia or how many of them have they made of other sort of kaiju films? I mean I I'm bringing it up cuz I'll throw out there Yongari. I mean, Korea. Yongari, the oh, Korean you're mention one. That. Yeah. I mean, that is terrible. The first, I know, I haven't seen it for a few years, but it was terrible. And Young Rick didn't. His his rampage was shameful. He didn't. He didn't even do much. There was lots of shots of him like lurking in the sea, just <laughs> looking like mildly, not even angry. To be honest, maybe annoyed bored. or frustrated. Bored, perhaps. That's why it's so bad. <laughs> but he but he had a remake though in like 98, 99 or something, which was was kind of popular, which I I didn't think was very good either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there wasn't too many other ones I think from other countries though. well I mean you know if you want to keep it you know mm. uh, we live in post-Brexit times sorry Philip um, <laughs> post-Brexit yeah. I'm holding but, you know, let's, I'm holding let's bring out up hope. Gorgo Gorgo <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yes the movie set off the coast of Ireland oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> I remember seeing that film on Channel 4 a couple of years ago and kind of scratching my head going there is no island off the coast of Ireland called Nara Island. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Does now. They confused it with Father Ted's island. Yeah. Like. I mean, you've got you've got Korean kaiju almost. You've got Host, which That's, isn't that a kaiju though? movie because it's more about the people than the monster. And I think and he's we not know what's about kaiju. Yeah. Part of me is going, yeah. the film needs to be about the monster. And one of the, the things that uh, makes Godzilla so damn cool sure, is sure, that sure. the movies are usually about Godzilla. You tune in, you don't... The, the human stories really just to frame Godzilla beating I mean, up the mm, other monster or surviving. The, the host would have been better if it was a dude in the suit, though. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. And there was that dreadful... And... Oh, what was it called? I wrote it down. Dragon something? Dragon Wars. Oh, Dragon uh, Wars. I remember that. Oh, oh yeah. Side, it was like wow. on, you know, it was on DVD for a pound in every every yeah. bunch of CX. Immediately. And I tried it and got five minutes and went, this is too shit. It and was, I had to stop it. I remember I reading about that. So many times. I'd read about it for a while before because the guy, he was a proper like, entrepreneur, not filmmaker project. And they put so much money into it. And then it, it kind of slunk off into the shadows like, a, you know, the, nights were, the lights were coming on in the nightclub and knew it had to leave. 
<laughs> yeah. it turns up on random channels on, on TV <laughs> I think and that's one of those channels that just kind of it's worse than sci-fi though yeah. it's yeah. worse than sci-fi level it's you know, it's I suppose the modern American equivalents are those Sharknado type movies which I have to confess to not having the patience to watch in their entirety but there no, are so many watched, of those I, I've watched um, oh, uh, Crocosaurus versus Shark I don't know Sharktopus they're all made by Roger Corman, which should tell you exactly what yeah. you're in for. Uh, Sharktopus had a lot of skills. Sharktopus actually had like eight arms and he was a shark, though. I mean, that's promising. <laughs> you know, he, he, he can feed very well and everything. <laughs> but the CG's a bit naff, isn't it? Um, so uh, so that's, it comes back to what we were talking about before. Are those casual films then? Uh, the sci fi channel films? I'd, I'd probably they say they are. Monsters. They've got to be. Like, they're probably, giant animal things fighting agree. each other. I'd yeah. probably it's agree. A, it's a tough one, like, and and it's a trend in China now as well. Like, with, as me and Haskins were oh, okay. talking oh, about oh, stuff oh, before, like I, it's a big person, like snake giant snake films, mm, giant, I, and they're, they they even had like a cla- a great giant snake film called Monty Python. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and Monty, Monty Python's Python giant snake. Oh, Monty Python too! Oh. He returns. Man. Oh, yeah. oh! I love it. You're after. Um, uh, we're talking about South Korean movies. I'm just after reminding yeah. me, there is another Korean film. Which is yeah. about a kaiju, but it's a mm-hmm. very special kind of film. It's called uh, Plugasarai, and it was made by Kim Jong Il from North Korea. <laughs> no. Has anyone oh, heard no, the story? No. This is an amazing story. So essentially, what Kim Jong Il did was he watched Return of the Godzilla in 1985, and I want to make that film. So he just went to South <laughs> Korea and kidnapped a film director and his wife, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, made yeah, them yeah, do this right. movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a documentary about it, right? Anyway. It's amazing wow. film. It's yeah, an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. film. It's so bad. Like it, 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 it's essentially what happens is, um, like, uh, have you ever seen the Raymond Burr version of Godzilla? Well, imagine if this was made for like fifty pence and it had nothing but Korean people <laughs> in it. That's what you're looking at. The monster itself is amazing. It's it's just. It's a thing of art. That's all I'll say. It's just amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I was stunned when I was looking up the notes for this thing. I remember it was made in the mid nineteen eighties, and and like that was the story of it. And then I realized uh, further down the list, it said release date nineteen eighty five North Korea. Underneath it, it says release date Japan nineteen ninety seven. So at some point, someone from North <laughs> Korea gave someone in Japan a film print of this film and said, "Go there's, ahead." There's probably a film of someone smuggling that out, like a really good spy film, where they oh. think they're smuggling contraband, and what it is is it's this dreadful, you know, Godzilla ripoff or something. <laughs> <laughs> What about? Do you watch uh, Big Man Japan? I love Big Man Japan. Wow, such, yeah, I, mean, that... I love. I love that scene at the end. It's so, oh, it's so dark, it's so funny. You know where they just fight. They're just yeah, fighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just tearing each other's costumes like they're generally just having a fight. They're just bullying each Bully, other. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's like Bruno hasn't seen it. It's like, yeah, it's like just like a middle like salary man, like scientist guy, and he just every once in a while he just turns into a giant guy. No, he and, he's the grandson of a. Of someone who's turned into a giant man and he was yeah, worshipped, yeah, yeah. and everyone thought he was great. And his grandson, and he, because he's just, he's just not as popular anymore. So, and and, you remember, there's there's the be- one of the best scenes in a film where he's just sitting in his house, and it's like the f- documentary crew's interviewing, him, and like someone throws a brick through the window, and he doesn't <laughs> yeah, even flinch yeah. it, and he's just like, yeah, that happens a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> he keeps getting his ass kicked by the monster. That's what's brilliant. Yeah, he's shit at yeah, it as well, so he gets his ass kicked every time, and, and everybody he blames conversations him. Conversations with them. Yeah, and then something special. Ah, big man, Japan. You just messed up like he's big. And he's like, yeah. 
Oh my god, what have I done, man? It's that is, for me, that is one of the best, I guess, modern like interpretations because it's all like people yeah. in suits, the monsters and stuff, and the monsters are trying to have like sex with each other, and he just has to kind of stand there and be like, right, okay. It, no, it's he's it's almost like everything. if Jack Jaguar would exist, that would what his life would be now, <laughs> because it would just he wouldn't be big. He didn't he didn't want to do it, and he has to yeah. go and be electrocuted, doesn't he, to become big, <laughs> and, it, right. and it hurts and it's painful, and you kind of feel sorry for him. And you think, but he's such a loser. Yeah, <laughs> very much, man. And then the, yeah, the ending is t- both touching and bizarre. It's really it's I really contemporary because the bad guys I think are wearing American colours, and it yeah, very yeah, much yeah. seems like they're just bullying them. There's no yeah, honor like, or courage. You in want to join fighting. force He's team just or something. Fighting and hitting them like you would in a playground. <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, that, that's it's very for, for a modern kaiju film. That, that's one of the. I mean, the guy who made it, um, Itoshi like Matsumoto. He, you know, he was a, you know, another sort of a very famous for being a comedian, and stuff before he made this. So yeah, he, what was the film he made afterwards? The one with that R one hundred. Which one? R one hundred. The, the the bizarre sex S and M one. No, or no, it's basically symbol. the guy is in his pyjamas and he wakes up in a room and there's lots of angels and every time oh, he symbol. touches an angel's willy yeah, yeah, yeah. statues, something weird happens and it's that nonsense humour. He's only made a few films, they're Bonkers. all completely bizarre, Bonkers. but they're very, very good. But Big Man yeah. Japan, yeah, a really good spiritual successor to, you know, where do you go with Keiji movies after that, really? And you've satirized it, and you've, mm. you know, you've made a, a Suedo documentary. But that's what it's not like a documentary, isn't it? It is. It's kind of found footage, which I love mm. as well. So yeah. yeah. been writing about Japanese animation since 1989 and researching it since 1981. It called to me from the first moment I saw it and that's how I got into Eastern Kicks. My then boyfriend had been to Mallorca just before we met and in Mallorca he had encountered the marvel that is giant robot animation because Spain has had giant robot animation on public TV and in translation in manga since the 1970s. Uh, He brought back a load of stuff there, just inspired and blown away by this wonderful new graphic form that he'd, he'd found. Showed it to me and I thought, wow, this is incredible. I don't read any Spanish, I don't read any Japanese, but I can read this story based on the visuals alone. So I started to look for a book to tell me more, and there wasn't one. And that was the start of a 40-year search and my career. But I, I don't know. I'd like. Obviously, the genre is going to keep coming back and back yeah. and back. So we'll. It will be very interesting to see where it goes from here I mean I don't think the monster versus I don't really think Godzilla's going to go up. anywhere soon to be honest I think it might go back well, we to have Japan. Godzilla King versus King Kong well, coming out soon that top. Adam Wingard's directed versus the Hollywood one everything mm. so that's coming out now with a delay like next year I guess so. um, Toho uh, uh, recently announced that their deal with Legendary um, had a period of, of, of time when they would not release any Godzilla films to okay. kind of not directly compete with the American versions, but that mm. that clause in the contract expired last year. So Toho's immediate announcement was was that they're going to reactivate this franchise. But crucially, they said that. 
the continuity that had been created by Shin Godzilla will be ignored completely whatsoever. So they're going to start again mm. and reboot the character from scratch again. Um, there you go. See transformation. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I suppose I'm not. Really... May, maybe it's time for for another monster. I don't know. I'm not going to stop loving Godzilla, but maybe it's time for another one. Maybe I... a new monster. But I don't think you're going to get on with the personality of Godzilla. You're no, not no, going to no. get something. It's good. I mean, it's popularity has endured for a reason. Mm. You know, I think it's a great character. It's it's multi. It's all open to interpretation. It's multifaceted and everything. I think it's. So it's yeah, I think it's a character that you can only get from Japan. When I think yeah. about it, and all the things you've got, you know, the nuclear, the the, the horrors that that were inflicted upon them, you mm. know, in Second World War, um, they, you know, they they've got earthquakes, and I often uh, associate Godzilla with kind of a force of nature. It's often said, yeah, yeah. you know, he's yeah. he's not controllable. So even when mm. he's there protecting his turf or whatever, he causes just as much damage as the monster that he's trying to, you know, get rid of. So you've got that whole um, force of nature thing where Godzilla is a natural force. And, mm -hmm. you know, Japan's on fault lines, so it's earthquakes. Fuji's yeah. still an active volcano, I think. I don't think it's erupted for a while, but there's that yeah. threat of destruction. And how many times has Tokyo been destroyed and rebuilt very quickly? You yeah. know, the atomic bomb. So, so it's, it's like almost of, like, it's just in the consciousness, isn't it? Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I just like there. It. And I and, no, and that's one sure. of the appeals, I think. You know, if it's an American monster, whether that's King Kong or whatever, has their has their own kind of American kind of tropes. But with kind of Godzilla, it's always going to be Japanese, even if he's American. It's still mm. going, yeah, but it's Japanese. You know, the the sumo wrestling or the well, the force of nature stuff. I mean, apart yeah, from you the can Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, anyone... that was the reason why I, mean, I haven't watched the it. new I'm ones yet. It... I just can't I don't bring like myself Broderick, to watch so I'm calling it Matthew Broderick Godzilla. But oh. I... is that the worst Godzilla film? Yeah, probably. I haven't seen the new ones, so I'm gonna have to go I with that. Okay. Did you ones. see the the, mon the yeah. monsterverse ones? Like, are you guys are? I I, no? I, I, well, I probably just sit down and binge them just so I can. They're fine. Have seen I mean, them, they're. But... The, the the set the last one like you know battling all the monsters and stuff is fine but if you don't see it in the cinema it's too dark to watch at home uh, visually okay. it, it's very cool visually but it, it's incredibly like shadowy and dark and that and it, it spends it has like all these like long extended sequences with the monsters and they don't chat to each other they ah. there's no friendship there. there there's no missing a joke missing a trick banter so they yeah so they kind of got the thing of like the monster fight but they missed like you said like the wrestling man it's not like that kind of like yeah we can't wait to you know lock up with each other and everything it was just them doing stuff so they, they kind of missed that fun element and it's another fairly long film to be honest like so it, it's better than the 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 godzilla one before that where you fought those damn insects or whatever have you watched the anime that's sitting on netflix oh yeah at the, the, the three part the three part one. Yeah, yeah they're quite fun i mean I, I i lost my way in the third one a bit because i there was too much of a gap and there's an awful lot of backstory politics between the races, and it's quite. It's in it's the future. It's, space, it's in like space and everything. Like Earth is. But the first one was brilliant. I thought. What's the story? Really nice. it, so it, it's like in the future, like Earth is gone, and Godzilla's ruling Earth or something. They have yeah. To come back so to Earth or so they they have this idea that that's what yeah. So Godzilla's destroyed, and they're, they're basically ones evacuating the planet. So okay. cue a scene with you know parents waving tearful goodbyes to their children, and that kind of quite quite heartbreaking. And they send the so, ship off. For what is something so ridiculous, like Godzilla thousands himself? of years, to find another planet. And meanwhile, thousands obviously, okay. people on board the ship are uh, generations are going, and they get to, like, current generation, 
and they're running out of food and they're like going well this is ridiculous and they want a mutiny and they, and they as if by magic they find a planet so they go down to the planet mm. and they're like yay great and of course what's waiting for them on a planet Godzilla, Godzilla. great you know didn't see mm. that coming and then it all goes a little what? bit Planet of the Apes where That's you think really is this actually Earth and all you've done is you've disappeared through some time time portal and come back 10,000 years later back to Earth and mm. Godzilla's still there um, but it, it, but it's quite good and Godzilla's more monstrous wild, again and you really feel for the people and they talk a lot about Godzilla took my family and Godzilla did this so if you swap that so everything's Godzilla's out, fault yeah so he, he basically killed the whole planet yeah Oh, that's quite yeah, cool. but I mean that's that, that's nuclear that's power, isn't it? That's it's the politics coming back again, which is nice. Yeah, but it's not. And post Fukushima power plant disaster, where it, you know reminded once again how dangerous yeah, nuclear yeah. power can be, and they they're living on the nuclear, you know, in Japan with the. Got yeah, that Fukushima was yeah. Shin Godzilla was definitely Fukushima. That was wasn't that like, very recent. It will it will be interesting to see how Japanese uh, filmmakers reinterpret Godzilla for the the new upcoming reboot because. As you know, mm. um, the, the the emperor recently stepped down, so they yeah, yeah. they've created an entire mm. new era by which they're living in, and I think that's the Reiwa era. So there's three, there's now four um, eras for Godzilla: the Showa era, the Heisei era, the Millennium wow, okay. era, and now we're in the Reiwa era. But yeah. but Ant brings up a great uh, a point. Um, we have things like the 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 Fukushima disaster, and we have the 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 tsunami. Um, that struck mm. Japan. So it will be interesting yeah. to see how Japanese filmmakers reinterpret the lack of control that people have over natural disasters and interpret that mm. into Godzilla. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't love it if another kind of kaiju film would come along to reinterpret it, but we all know we're going to get Godzilla. We have to get Godzilla. So it yeah. would it be that much, to... But would it be that different if it was another giant monster, I guess? It would, there would be another symbol. So like, oh, it's almost like, why bother like inventing Why make a new symbol to tell the you've same got one yeah, that works yeah exactly It'd be the yeah. same exactly the same themes and exactly the same story he might just be like 10 10 meters taller if something's Which... just embedded in a public consciousness that much it's going yeah. to come through in the films isn't it that's that's what's, that's sure. what's great about watching cinema from other countries you can get a little taster of of what's going well, on i mean i I'm, I'm really sort of. i am looking forward to the god you know king kong Godzilla or Godzilla King Kong, whichever one it is. I mean, I like Adam Wingard as a director a lot. Like, I mean, he's proper 80s style and everything, like with the guest, whatnot, and everything. And I I haven't even watched trailers for anything, but it, it's got the usual semi mixed international cast. And, you know, I, I don't know what the background for how they're fighting each other is. But it seemed like in that whole MonsterVerse thing, they were laying down, a, what, what do the hipsters call it? Like, Easter eggs and everything like that and I hate the term myself but you know apparently through these last Godzilla films and the King Kong films there's all these you know suggestions that they're going to fight I mean why bother it doesn't really make any difference but I, I'll be interested to see like he's, he's a good mm. yeah and so far he's only done like more indie or sort of very specific like nostalgia genre projects which have been great so I don't know see how he handles the big budget one. and it'll be interesting to see how it's received internationally you know I mean yeah. Hollywood now is a declining market compared to other international markets. So, whether or not this will be focused, do you on, think people will go? Oh, I've had those three American, you know, big ones. I don't want to watch another one, even if they don't. Even if we go, look, this is different because this is made. This is Japanese doing Godzilla, so it will be a different uh, flavor than Americans uh, doing Godzilla. Not better or worse, just different. No, no, no I don't mean. I, I, I don't think go, there's oh, any. another Godzilla movie and not bother. No, but I think the last two films have failed to really properly establish a brand loyalty. 
to put it that way. Like, I mean, like the first Godzilla Godzilla film, uh, but the fellow who did Monsters and what's his name, Gareth Edwards, and that, like, it was yeah, like, Monsters was good, wasn't it? It's just like, but Monsters right, was man. good, you know, Monsters and that was, was great. kind of a Kaiju themed one, because although they were in the background, and you're again, you're yeah, focusing yeah, yeah. on the people trying to make it through, there they were, they yeah, were the, yeah, sure, the threat of um, those in the background, it's kind of interesting. That's true, that, that could. Could you know, be a kaiju film, I guess. But at the same time, work. like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there was even that much of a connection between Godzilla and the Godzilla King of the Monsters one. But people may not mind because, you know... I don't think they will. I don't think no. they'll care. I think attention spans are what they are, which is fine as well. I mean, even the old Godzilla films, like, uh, in Japan and stuff, I doubt they were thinking, great, we have to give the fans of the last film what no. they're after. I mean, no. this, I mean it, the term cash grab sounds but, negative. But I think the worst thing is. to do is to appeal to fans because you you just Definitely. like you can't do that. You got to make the film that you think is good, worth making. Because if you start trying exactly. to appeal to fans with anything, you, you just come a cropper because Completely. there isn't a fan. There's everybody that's different. You no, can no, get well, shouty people on the internet. Yeah. You start to appeal to them. You end up hmm. trying to appeal to them and say, like, no, no, you're the filmmaker. You're the people doing this. You're the creative. Exactly. You do it your way, and we'll be on board with it. And if we don't like it, well, we don't like yeah, it. Make we'll a good film, off. like, and don't. Yeah. If you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of these people are listening to the podcast now, and you know, for the benefit of the doubt, you don't have to listen to this. I mean, our, <laughs> yeah. we, we think we think Young Gary was great. We loved Gorgo. <laughs> yeah. You know, we think bring back Biolante, bring back Son of Godzilla. You know? Yeah, it's, they're not short of monsters to to bring back and have offspring and have revamped mecha versions. Even I don't know. Yeah, but that's always the the main problem for all these films, whatever country makes them, is that balance between the human characters and the monsters. I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. In the Japanese ones before, they were shorter films. Well, not Shin Godzilla and God, not Final Wars, but before they were shorter films and mostly scenes of panic. Yeah. Whereas all the modern ones, whether it's Japanese or Western, you still spend like 70% of the characters. And it's, I, you can see why, because modern, you know, you're if you have a longer film, which I personally don't like a film which is more than 19 minutes but like you know you, you're going to spend more time with pointless relationships and whatnot yeah. and but I remember all the monsters from the films but I don't remember the humans at all exactly like, exactly yeah. nobody does I can name all the Godzilla I, I monsters can, I, I can't name I can, any I of the cast I can tell you four the four types of characters in the Godzilla film there's the uh, plucky pilot stroke reporter there's yep. his girlfriend <laughs> pilot stroke reporter okay yep. he, there's his girlfriend or the girl who is at the center of this uh, mess there's the scientist in a uh, uh, jumper and a smoking pipe and there's yeah, also yeah. the slightly crazy guy who may or may not turn out to be the guy who's the main villain of the story and that's it there's or a, there feature, are only or a four characters yeah. in a Godzilla film what about an alien what a Futurian or Mysterion well, see, or... The, the thing is though like but they're revealed oh. to be aliens, aren't they? They're yeah. always presented as a human character first, who have slightly yeah. just, you know, yeah. they, they, they don't really understand yeah, the just, language and the ways like, of Earth people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They put and their have silver on. skin. They didn't yeah. do their research, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the, yeah, the, or suddenly somebody who, in the Western film, somebody who suddenly revealed that when they were five years old, their mother their probably was killed by Godzilla. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, wait, that's why you, what, you're angry with him, but you're probably going to forgive him. That that's the newer character. That's the, the that's the nineties, the the noughties ones, isn't it? With the someone Angst who was character. killed, and they want to get revenge on Godzilla. But, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you're not going to get revenge on a volcano or an earthquake. So, you know, you got to deal with your feelings differently. Maybe. Well, you you could you could try. Just so, <laughs> just something that you guys brought up about the 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 
the fact of um, the American market is kind of a law of diminishing returns right now. Um, yeah. All of the, the Toho films for Godzilla wrapped up in the end of the mid-2000s before the Chinese box office became a thing that they needed to worry about. So mm. when Toho reactivate the series, they now have to take into account the fact of the Asian market is now more important to them than ever before, whereas the yeah. American market, they can no longer mm. rely on it. It's, it's telling how... We were talking about Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. Gareth Edwards', mm. Gareth Edwards Godzilla is essentially a step-by-step -step remake of the 1954 version. And as we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, the Chinese box office saved that film from, from total destruction. Whereas Definitely. Michael uh, Doherty's uh, Godzilla King of Monsters is essentially a remake of the 70s Godzilla films where he just threw characters in on top of yeah, one yeah, another yeah, yeah. and the Chinese box office did not come and save the film, which is going to be an interesting dilemma for Legendary when Godzilla vs. Kong eventually opens whenever it does open, whether the Chinese market will embrace it or just treat it like King of the Monsters and go, we're not interested. I, uh, I would put a bet on them liking it a lot more, to be honest. With you. I, I mean, knowing the Chinese market, I, I'd be willing to. I'll bet me old pal Haskins a beer, if you're willing to bet Ooh. against it. <laughs> I, I, as long as there's no politics in there, because even no, no, it's nothing about politics. It's just, I, I think some it was just. Politics. But it, honestly, like I think we're saying, like though that film didn't do well anywhere, King of the mm. Monsters. I mean, there, there was no. A it was film. a muddled film. It was a mix of a film. Godzilla vs. King Kong, like, clear message. Everything is, is going to have a lot of brand tie-ins. It's going to have, like, a like, product placement. It's going to be a lot more simple film, everything. And Adam Wingard, it's going to have some, like, it's going to have some, like, AT soundtrack. Bit of Behind it, like, bop, 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 bop. You know, like, the guest, <laughs> man, you know what I'm talking about? It's going to have a good soundtrack behind it and everything. It's going to be, even, like, the trailers will be an easier sell. But what's Godzilla going to be? You know, we can go, yes, it's going to be very 80s, which is obviously very in at the moment. What's, what are the new films going to be? Long we need the new 80s, film for now, yeah. don't we? They need to define the coming. No, but we're talking about two different things here. We're, we're talking about whether it's a good film or we're talking about how to sell it to an audience. Like. Yeah. And I oh. think it's going to be an easier sell. Like, I mean, King of the Monsters, the trailer made no damn sense. You know, if you were, if you were like a fan of the 70s Godzilla films, you would think, oh, this is a throwback to this. If you weren't, I'm sorry, man. Like, you had character poster for Mothra. I love uh, my <laughs> the queen of the monsters I guess yeah. you call her I mean I got nothing but respect but I mean how are you going to pitch that to your average person who has no idea what a giant female so, so it's a giant it's a gentle is. giant female moth <laughs> and it communicates telepathically with two very tiny little Chinese twins who are pop duo called the peanuts okay go. with me so far good exactly <laughs> you know it's yeah, it's, then, it's a hard sell. And, then, and, and the way the, the, the twins call to Mothra is to sing the most cute song <laughs> yeah. ever. But but you could get away with, because ecologically, that's very yeah. sound. Environmental issues. Mothra's, you know, the saviour of, of, I suppose, the saviour of Earth. So I guess she's a bit clued up in terms of environmental stuff. I don't, I don't think, like, that would be I don't think the woke, the woke, the woke audience is really one for the kaiju films. Though, like, oh. you know, I mean, there's we'll the, back. even, look okay, at Mothra, Defends the environment, smashes buildings. What are you going to do with Hedera? Going to bring uh, bring Hedera back? That would that's quite contemporary. Uh, I do like Hedera a lot, despite people saying it's a terrible Godzilla movie. It's it's not. I would like I would like to see like you know King Kong fighting Godzilla. They, they decide to become friends. 
friends, like socially distanced <laughs> yeah. fist bump. And then Biolante <laughs> turns up in the background like, I am the environment. I am a giant plant. I'm like 25 times bigger than all of you. Yeah. I just fell over. It'd be like, no, it'd be like King Kong and Godzilla would be the tag team. Would just, they would just, who would beat them? I, I, I want, no, no. Biolante! I, I want at some point in the King, King Kong versus Godzilla uh, movie that's coming out, I want there to be the same scene that was in uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, where Godzilla thanks Jet Jag- Jaguar <laughs> by shaking his hand. <laughs> that, that would be very cool, man. That would work. <laughs> oh, uh, just, uh, we were talking about the twins in Mothra. Um, I, I will say that he got hammered for it, but Michael Doherty, he... He genuinely did his research because um, when uh, Zhang Zi in uh, King of the Monsters is talking about the fact that she has a twin sister, yeah. well, that's ah. the reference we're talking about. Nice. Ah, yeah, true, true, it cuts true. to a shot of her mother and her sister, who's also a set of twins, and the two women who are in the photo are the twins from the first Mothra film. That's oh, nice. how far back he goes wow. into that oh, rabbit hole. There you go. You, you, okay, nice okay, for the whole podcast... That's the top nerd award for this one, man. You got that. Hey. <laughs> we we were talking about like the the appeal of kaiju films and why we can't seem to find any kind of replication of that kind of genre within anyone else's cinema around the world. And I was just thinking about it. Recently, there is actually been a thing inside of American cinema where they've attempted this, um, but it's 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 an inversion of the problem. So in, in kaiju films, um, the representation of the problem that you're facing is usually a 60-foot-tall creature. But in American cinema, the superhero movie has internalized that problem where the monsters are all hmm. they all look like us whereas in a kaiju film you can kind of go well that's a monster whereas yeah. in an american superhero movie the monster looks like us so it, it's it's a thing inside of american cinema where the monster can't look monstrous there has to be some sort of hidden subterfuge to the character where it's hiding in plain sight and you have to discover it so i think the reason why kaiju films are not as big as they are in the United States is because they've already gotten to that problem and the kaiju looks like, you know, the average person. That's just my theory. Mm. That's well, just the superheroes have, you know, say, this great immense power, don't they? Whether that's man-made like Iron Man or Thor mm. or I can't think of any others off the top of my head now because that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, those in- invading aliens from planet Asgard that can destroy the world. But as you say, they look human and they have human problems like jealousy and love and anger and disappointment and everything else. So maybe they are the threat, as you say. But you do get the odd super... I mean, even in the Avengers movies, which aren't, you know, they're not amazing, but they do briefly wrestle with the problem of, well, hang on, who's got the power here? These superheroes have got the power and we trust them to make the right decision because for the last 50 years in comics, they pretty much have made the right decision. But actually, who's to say they're making that right decision? Who's, who's watching The Watchmen, so to speak? <laughs> yeah. Which has finally it's made its way, yeah, whose Watchmen's finally made its way into mainstream cinema. It's taken about 30 years, but... 
but it's it's interesting how um, in American cinema in, in superhero movies that they get to that point where um, like who's in charge here? Who's who's going to regulate the, these these human sized monsters? And it usually boils down to the U.S. military gets deployed. And it's really weird how in kaiju films they always get to that conversation as well as who's going to stop Godzilla? Who's going to stop this monster? And then we have the inevitable scenes of the Japanese military coming out yeah. with their giant masers that don't ever do anything no, that just ever. tickle Godzilla. <laughs> no. I think I think maybe I think the super American superhero movie is the Western equivalent of a Kaiju movie. It, it's not the same visually in terms of not giant monsters as you say it's smaller, but in terms of its long-lasting appeal, um, that mm. that whole transformation thing, and you know you don't can't get anything more American than a superhero. I think that's the mm. you know you, whereas, you you think of what's the Japanese equivalent of a superhero. It's like well they do have them like Power Rangers and stuff like that and stuff but they're not they're not American superheroes they're not Spider-Man they're not Daredevil and it's, not. and it's really strange how we talk about Japanese superheroes and most of those superheroes are usually in Sentai shows which all have their origins in kaiju films yeah yeah mm. Hentai Kamen mm. I mean Hentai Kamen was a superhero <laughs> I think yeah. mm. well you can talk you can talk Legend of the if you want anime references for giant monsters but obviously <laughs> That's true. I had to bring that down. Hentai Kamen's more innocent, though. He yeah, but they're giant demons, aren't they? I know there's yeah. sex and politics yeah. and sex and religion, rather, with, with that one. It has a little bit of politics going on. Any conclusions we can. I mean, it's, very, it's a great job, mm. man. Can... Godzilla has a soul. Yeah. That's why he's so. That's why he's going to last. No, he doesn't have a soul because you've you've told us it's a different fucking Godzilla yeah, every time now. Yes, but it, 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 hang on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In the, in the very maybe it's the same soul time. that's going from Godzilla to Godzilla. Uh, hold yeah, on, hold on, hold on. We're talking Cloud Atlas type shit. The the, 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 the last <laughs> Godzilla film before that we got mm. to the uh, the the Millennium series, which was Godzilla versus Desatroya. Godzilla dies and transfers yeah. his consciousness to his son, who then turns go. into a full-size Godzilla for no good reason. Yeah. So, okay, I, yeah. I well, that's the hand coming that. out of the grave, isn't it? At the end of Carrie and, and various <laughs> slash movies. That don't worry, there'd be another one, you know, to reassure you straight away that there's going to be more Godzilla. Imagine Desiree's disappointment. Yeah. He could see that from beyond his space grave, where he was like, "Look at oh great, all this ever for now." Like, <laughs> yeah. Godzilla is eternal, you know. He really is. Well, I've just read a really interesting more, I, comic yeah. actually called Godzilla so in Hell, that was I think IDW published it. Just like three or four little kind of vignettes of Godzilla in Hell, and most of the time he's forced to. <laughs> it's, it's great, and he's forced to pretty much fight endlessly before he falls down into the next kind of stage of hell. It's just quite interesting in that whole... It made me think, yeah, poor Godzilla, you know, he's doing this over and over and over again, like the big man in Japan kind of thing. Mm, um, yeah. And you, you're, you're, you feel sad for him because he comes down to hell and there's Destroyer, he has to fight, or King Ghidorah, he fights again. And the whole thing is a giant cycle and you can see that he's just... You know, this is, this is hell for Godzilla is to fight the same battles over and over again. So you kind so of think. We're, so we're basically we are assuming at the end of this chat as a conclusion that Godzilla is a sentient, feeling being who somehow has a missus, who disappeared. He had a son. He had to raise him as a single father. Mm -hmm. he did a shit job. Let's be honest. His son was a bit <laughs> pish. Yeah. And then, even then, like he had to, I guess, farm his son off to somewhere, to look after the son. And then, ah, 
Invasion of the cat. The cat's invaded. Is it a giant cat? This is this has turned into the uh, classic goodies episode, which we've discussed. And um, the kitten. Yeah, his his son gets palmed off somewhere, and then eventually he has to reincarnate into his son, which his son is probably not that happy about. I think we should be asking Godzilla if he wants to make any more movies. I think actually maybe it's time to ask him. Go. Actually, do you really want to carry this on, or do you want to? Take a break, much earned retirement, well, you know. Uh, and that, I mean, joking aside, this is kind of the question we come back to: like, can we ever have a more, you know, an iconic monster to replace Godzilla? Because it is always going to be the same mm. themes, the same, uh, you know, stories, whatnot, and everything. But it's always going to have to be Godzilla, both in the West mm. and in Japan, everything. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I, I struggle to think of another monster of that stature, both physically and um, in terms of personality. I can't kind of see someone replacing Godzilla. I mean, not yeah. just commercially as an IP, but culturally, yeah, it, yeah. It's, you know, it's so classic. The same way, like, King Kong, mm. if we take King Kong to be, like, a Western monster. I mean, it's gone since, like, 33. So, But King Kong hasn't been in as many movies. Just No, no, no but it, but I, I think what uh, but, you know, Phil was saying right. before, like, this mm. idea, I, I like this idea of hibernating them for a while. Mm. I mean, that actually makes sense, and like, then coming back and mm. stuff like that. Just been bought a gin and tonic, which is quite nice. Mm. Okay, if they all had drinks, I think Mothra's probably would be gin and tonic. I think so. What would what would God Godzilla would? Oh, Japanese whiskey? Is that? Uh, okay, so Jet Jaguar would probably have orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vodka <laughs> orange. A, he's vodka orange. orange. No, just just orange juice. No no booze for Jet Jaguar. Oh god, he's, he's too wholesome. Okay. Um, well, I guess we have Biolante, obviously, like celery juice or something. Uh, <laughs> King, King Caesar would have one of those most stupid cocktails with a little umbrella and an olive in it. <laughs> so because he's a, it was a bit of a pointless monster, really. As much as I love him, his whole point in the whole movie, he's waiting up. Gonna, King Caesar's gonna gonna do it, and he, King Caesar comes out of his cave, and thirty seconds later, he's been beaten uh, by Machiavelli. Like, what fucking waste of time you were. Uh, Andrus, uh, or Andrus would be Bacardi and Coke. Because he's plain. Yeah, yeah. That's fitting. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mecha Godzilla would be. Oh, come on. Would just be oil. Oh, uh, oh. Just, he no. He'd yeah. have one of those old Western cocktails, which is would like be something like Uzo, like petrol. Some It'd be something like eighty percent petrol and twenty yeah. percent bizarre <laughs> home still whiskey or something. Because I think I Godzilla know, would probably just be a beer, wouldn't he? He'd be a a friendly no, Japanese that's beer. Ter- okay. Or, or so, a really nice Japanese whiskey. Well, oh, so that's where be, we get back to. So Godzilla could be a Jaeger bomb. He could be a Jaeger bomb. Uh, so you're right. He <laughs> does might. It, be, does, it, does it not yeah. depend on which Godzilla we're oh, seeing? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes he's the responsible yes. one. Sometimes he's. Yeah, recent Hollywood Godzilla. Let's be honest. He's putting on the pounds. That, I think yeah, that he would might, be Jaeger bombs. He, he might yeah. be sucking down Bud, Budweisers. Mm. Hyperactive Godzilla, like like Glasgow Ned Godzilla. He might be on the buck fast man. <laughs> like oh, oh, oh man, or he's them fucking Jaeger bombs man. He'd be loving it, man. But I, 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 Godzilla is probably. Yeah, I'd like to think he's a single malt man. I guess if we come down to the. Yeah. I, I, I guess he's probably be, not yeah. fussy about which region. I think he'd take a Lafroig. I think he'd mm. take like a, you know. Nice PT one, yeah. Well, a King Ghidorah would would need I straws, I think. Yeah. What about, what about Kambonga the spider? <laughs> What's he on? <laughs> Whatever he can get is yeah. <laughs> No, that that big Manila. With his Manila would just wait his dad's drinks cabinet. <laughs> yeah, he'd have trouble like opening it. Like, 
his unconvincing limbs like trying to open his dad's drink down there. Oh come on, yeah, come on, come on! Keys what would drinks, what man. would be the uh, the role in Emmerich Godzilla? I imagine he'd be a glass of liquor. Oh, I don't think he would be very like he looks like a potent sunny force delight. when you actually drink and you realize. Sunny delight. Just, yeah, sunny delight and some sunny cheap, delight. some cheap revolting vodka from Aldi or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say this is definitely the best way of rating the monsters yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. alcoholic tolerance as yeah. imagined by people who do enjoy a drink I'll do it, mate. <laughs> yeah, here's the Godzilla may his brain may uh, continue perhaps and his bar tab. or maybe just stop if they get a bit bad that's what the barman will say after a while. Come on, Godzilla, you better not yeah, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Just fuck off, eh? He's like, I've got nowhere else to go. Like, like I have Toho four more rodents to drink. Bar. Get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be somebody, you know. That's what Godzilla would be there sitting in his bar. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be somebody. <sighs> Chatting to, you know, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms and Young Gary and... And the, Young Gary, and Reptil- Reptilicus, the North, that Gorgo. North Korean monster, any number of like, yeah. the horror in the fog. I used to be a prize fighter, man. I used to have the title. Yeah. Then I got saddled yeah. with this kid. Now I have to just <laughs> take appearances. Now it's terrible. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. In coming episodes, we'll be all aboard the sequel to Train to Bazan, Peninsula. Mm. We're going to do a whistle stop tour for the history of the famous Shaw Brothers studio and chatting about manga artist Junji Ito and some of his works that have been turned into film, as well as all our usual features, reviews, and interviews. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and various other platforms so you don't miss a show. And let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. But for now, cheers. Gambe, here's to you.